0: Jesse, 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 Jesse. Listen, Jesse, 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 Jesse. Just find Jesse. Where's Jesse? Jesse, Jesse. Jesse, open the door. And away we go. You're listening to Live on Four Legs, the live Pearl Jam podcast experience, featuring Mr.
1: Stone Castle. Fucking camera in the jump. Mr. Boom Gasper!
2: You can call me L, you can call me Ed, you just just fucking
0: call me, right don't you? Welcome to Live on Four Legs, the live Pearl Jam podcast experience. We're glad to have you in once again. And uh, for those of you who come in and listen to this every week, uh, thank you for coming back. It is... A trek. We know that this is, can be a very long show to listen to, and you know we thank you for tuning in. We thank you for being part of the crew. for For those of you that might be tuning in for the first time, let's explain to you kind of what we do over here. We are a Pearl Jam podcast that covers. Strictly live shows. So what we do every episode, we take a live show from the Pearl Jam catalog, and we'll listen to the whole entire set list. We'll play some songs here and there, and uh we'll kinda break it down. We'll break down the set list, we'll break down the songs, and we'll break down what we liked and what we didn't like, and sometimes we can uh gush over it and sometimes we can get a little critical as well. So uh i'm randy matt is over there and we have a special guest on today it's jesse zilka from the porch podcast hi jesse hey how's it going we're good we're good we're good i'm glad to have you on um oh, thanks how's for having me yeah how's uh how are you liking being part of the podcast world now
3: oh i love it i freaking love it kate you and getting, i are having a blast
0: yeah I, ever since kate has been on i feel like you guys have really gotten into a really good groove over there have you guys yeah. gotten a lot of good response so far oh or? yeah I
3: mean we've I mean I think we're still kind of a baby podcast we're we're slowly growing that that clientele but uh yeah we're doing great she and I have just fun talking about it and texting each other throughout the week and freaking out over random things and you know just two girls being silly
0: you can you can tell right away that you guys have the kind of chemistry that you need uh, to be on a show together because uh, you, you would think that your first episode was what my father's son. Yeah, was that mm-hmm. the first one he did? Yeah, that one it, it felt like you guys had been friends for forever, and yeah, I'll I'll chalk that all up to it's easy to um, find friends that have such a uh, a the same passion about a certain band that's very much a niche passion, very much a unique passion. Definitely. So it. I can see for you, you were just, both of you were just like, we're on the same page, we're connected. Um, For those of you... What's
3: what's funny is, I actually reached out to her just to basically ask her if she wanted to be my friend, because I thought she was like (laughs) a semi-celebrity from single (laughs) podcast theory, and she's like, heck yeah, we started talking about Pearl Jam, and now we act like we've known each other, like you said, our whole life. We have such a chemistry, but... I was terrified she'd be like, oh, I'm not really interested in talking to you. <laughs> but she didn't. Thank God. And here we are.
0: Well, it's, it's funny because I, I feel like I did that with Brad, too. And I thought that he was going to be like another Pearl Jam podcast. We want nothing to do with you. And he couldn't have been more gracious to, to yeah. add us on. And, you know, now we there are officially five Pearl Jam podcasts, if you can believe it or not.
3: Yeah, I've six, seen that.
0: Six months ago, almost six months ago to the date, uh, there was one. And it wasn't us. It wasn't you.
3: But so I have we're... to say, I mean, I feel like the the Brads really inspired people to talk more about the subject. And I think that's really cool, you know? And you guys, because you guys were second in line. So, I mean, I think having other podcasts encourages more people to step up and talk about, you know, a band that's so impactful and made such a difference in their lives. And, I mean, I could talk about them all day long, so...
0: It's such, it's such an easy topic, I think, for both Matt and I. I mean, we not, you know, the two of us can talk about a myriad of different topics all day, from uh, baseball to to any type of music to, to pretty much anything. And, you know, I, we always go back to the Fantasy League and how the group in the Fantasy League and just hearing them talk about, like oh, I, I like this when they play this in the encore. I don't like this in this spot. I'm like, wait a minute, this is content. And mm-hmm. I know good content when I hear good content. And if, just like the Brads do, and the Brads had a couple of live episodes at the time, but they weren't, they were doing more album stuff. They were doing more uh, the DVD coverage and things like that. Uh, you know, both Matt and I said, like, this is something we can have a lot of fun doing this. And we, we have, It's it's been almost... 30 weeks that we've been doing this so far so so yeah Yeah. um i'm i'm just enjoying the ride uh oh
3: yeah that's mine and kate's whole motto every time we sit down to discuss something that we're talking about for the future i'm always just like when it boils down to it all we want to do is just talk to each other about pearl jam and we just have to remember that and whoever comes along for the ride we're glad to have them
0: yeah i absolutely that's what we love and we're really happy that you were were all in and very excited about coming on um because we we the, these guest shows get us really excited um you know that Matt, Matt and I have a fun time when it's just the two of us but it can get a little uh that last week we left some stuff off that show Matt that that got a little heated
2: yeah that was that was a, a timing thing unfortunately I've been I've been absolutely swamped lately, so unfortunately, if it's not, you know, super coherent uh, and moving in the in the forward direction as far as conversation goes, I just, I had to le- uh, leave it out only because I, I just, I was running out of time, and, and I, I, the most important thing is we gotta get the episode out on time, that's, that's what we focus on the most, so uh, yeah, unfortunately, sometimes some stuff, you know, once the point is made, you have to you have to cut the rest of the rambling off sometimes, even though sometimes it's good. But that's the downside of the editing process, I guess.
0: I think we're both much more positive when we can have a guest on, especially. Uh, I know it's not the the case today, but we're gonna get a very interesting case uh, today with you, Jesse. But we've had guests on that have been that went to the show and had the experience of being at the show, and this is a little different because. You've actually you've never been to a Pearl Jam show.
3: I have not, no. I've is, seen Eddie, but haven't seen Pearl Jam.
0: Now, I, 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 I like this. I like this because the expectations are set they're like almost like there are no expectations. Right. You know, they're you're you're kind of starting from the bottom and you know, it, i I kinda when I asked you what show you want to do, pick songs that you we're going to be really excited about hearing live. And uh, I want to know why today 2000 West Palm Beach was, was the show that you wanted to do.
3: Well, okay. So I wrote down, um, I went through their entire discography and kind of cherry picked songs that I would be like psyched out of my mind to hear. And then I decided because I'm proud of where I'm from that I would pick a Florida show. So I, I went through every Florida show I could find on, um, live footsteps and I kind of compared set lists and figured out which ones had the most songs that I wanted to hear. And this one was the winner. So,
0: and this one faced like a couple of more recent shows, right? Like I think there was a, yeah, there was a
3: Tampa and yeah, at Amelie in 2016 is the most recent time they've been here. So uh, yeah, and I I had thought about that one just because you know they have their entire discography behind them at that point, but I don't know. There's just I I'm I love the sweet sw- sweet spot between like vitology and binaural, you know, aka yield. I, I like that time period. So um, I wanted to uh, see a lot of the stuff that they they had on this uh, set list, and I'm glad I picked it because I have a lot to say and I'm. Really excited to talk about it. So
0: Binaural, binaural is certainly an interesting time. This is the, only the second time that we're doing a binaural show. And it, it's funny enough, um, if you guys remember, I think it was like um, maybe about a month ago. I want to say like three or four weeks ago when we did uh, with Steve was on with us, Uh, we did Greensboro. And Greensboro was actually three days before this West Palm Beach show. So um, maybe at some point in this show we'll kind of go back and we'll do a little comparison between the two set lists. They're they're not completely similar, they're not completely different, but it's just interesting because when you get, you know, I'm going to say normal bands because uh, that's that's just what it is, when you get a normal band out there and they're doing, you know, night in, night out, uh, you're getting essentially the same set list. There, if there's a new album out, they're gonna start with a couple of new songs. They're gonna close with their biggest hit and uh, encore two songs, and they're done. But man, even two thousand, the year two thousand, uh, Pearl Jam was still in this mode of we have to change it up every night. We have to make it different. And um, I think that's one of the, the, the reasons why they've grasped, grasped so many
1: mm-hmm.
0: fans over the years. And, uh, you know, I think once you finally go and see them live and you realize that, you know, you're, you're not just going to see them once. It's, it's like what they say about getting tattoos. You don't, you don't just get one tattoo uh, you have to get more and more and more until you finally have had enough and I don't have any tattoos So I wouldn't know that but I've been to <laughs> it's, quite it's true. a few it's shows true. So it is um, true
3: once you get one tattoo even if you don't pursue getting another for a while you think about it on a regular basis
0: I will say I have thought about getting a lot of tattoos. I, um, I I've also thought about disappointing my parents it sounds like a really good idea in theory, but, um,
3: <laughs> yeah, there's... I just didn't tell my mom. I went and got my first one. My brother took me, and I texted her a picture of it afterwards. I was just like, hey, look at this thing I did. She was not <laughs> happy.
0: <laughs> but that, that's such an old-school mentality. It though. is, it's, it is. you know, like, oh, how can you, you know, are you okay, uh... You know, desecrating your body for the rest of your life, and when you turn ninety, you're gonna look at this thing and it's gonna be all disheveled. And I was like, "What? Uh, it doesn't. That doesn't. No, it doesn't all make sense." And I want a Pearl Jam tattoo. And my biggest, the biggest uh, criticism I've got was from my brother, who says, "In ten years, you're not even gonna care about them." And that's a fist fight waiting to happen that I've 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 held back from.
3: Yeah, I I believe don't that? I don't agree with that at all.
0: Yeah, it, it, it's so not a conversation that that comes up a lot, but <laughs> if it happens, it happens. So West Palm Beach, night one, two thousand, um, around the same time that the Greensboro show, like we mentioned before, took place, and we're we're still you know a couple shows after Ross killed uh, happened. And, you know, the band is still really, you have to think in their heads right now, it's still it's still there, it's still prominent. And um, I will mention something later that is kind of, I, I don't think I really got to it during the Greensboro show, uh, but I got the sense of something. And I, I will mention it when it comes up later, uh, and we'll kind of get into it, but this is really, the time period was was this and it was just kind of the band going forward and really unsure of what was going to happen with uh you know were they were they going to break up after after that were they going to break up after this tour was this one last hurrah uh and you know they decided to keep it together uh thankfully and um i think you know, the positive outlook from the fans and the positive support they got from the fans probably helped that a lot.
3: Oh, yeah. I'm so glad they didn't break up. That would make me so sad today.
0: <laughs> well, I hate to tell you this, but there are some forums going around right now. Oh, that, that they're breaking
3: up? Yes, I know. Yeah. Yeah, yeah There's I know.
0: There's one that just says, is this it? And people are just like, well, if Eddie doesn't want to do anything, then... They're not going to do anything. And that means they're never going to do anything again. Eddie's only written one song by himself in the last five years. The rest of the band has written full albums. I just
3: don't want to think about it. It's, you know. You and me both, friend. You and me both. Yeah.
2: You have to think about it, though. You really do, because some people can get older and keep going. Like you know, the Rolling Stones, Paul McCartney, but not everyone is like them. You have to be like. Mm-hmm this is what pains me is that you have to be expecting it even though it's the last thing you want to happen you have to expect it to happen eventually and that sucks because that's not what you want to do but you have to almost stay realistic about it
0: I think you hit the nail on the head with Rolling Stones who you know when, when Pearl Jam calls it a day who do they want to be do they want to be the Rolling Stones do they want to go out you know barely moving and you know with everybody making fun of them Uh you know, for, for still being around or they want to go out like REM that just says, you know what? This is enough. We've had enough. This is where we're gonna end it. You know, it it's it's been almost thirty years. No breakup. That's really hard to do. It, it is, and
2: that's the cool thing. It'll be like, especially with this fan base, it'll be something like the Beatles, where just one day they're broken up and it shocks everybody. I would almost rather it be Unexpected, instead of a long, drawn-out thing where they're hating Fighting each other. And stuff exactly, did like that, yeah. that happen with the Beatles? You just didn't hear about it. If if it could be like a band aid, I think that would be the best case scenario out of a horrible, horrible thing.
3: I just, and... I just want them to play like four more shows. <laughs> I, I think,
2: <laughs> I think we could sleep soundly knowing that there will probably be. At least another tour. I, I, I don't think they would call anything quits before a 30-year anniversary. I, I just don't think that is their style at all.
3: <laughs> For me, I and Kate and I have talked about this, because she would rather have a new album than another tour. I don't. And need a new I, album. I'm. Yeah, that's the way I feel. Like I am perfectly fine. I think 10 albums is a great discography to end with, uh, including everything else that they've done. So really, I mean, it's it's an enormous amount of music that they've created. I just think that for me, like to see them live one time before they decide to, you know, hang up their hat and finish. Like, I will be devastated if I don't get to see them. Like, I, I will genuinely probably mourn that
2: yeah it would be tough but the good thing you could think about is that Pearl Jam which is why we've been able to spawn so many podcasts out of one topic is because besides I think besides Pearl Jam the only other thing that has so many podcasts is like cooking and murder (laughs) <laughs> it's, but um, it's because they like to do these monumental, rememberable things like, you know, whether it be European tours or whether it be ballpark tours or something. There's always something that makes them unique and stopping before 30 years, I just don't think is is their style. So uh, I'm holding mm-hmm. on for that, at least if they want to call it quits after that and then do a reunion tour in another 10 years or or just a show or something like that they'd be going out with such a bang and I, th- yeah. I think even the most devastated and depressed fans uh would be would be uh getting something very special
0: it, it'll take it'll take the grieving process probably i think that um i would like to see them all in all at some point not you know not any i think they have five years before it can be like okay really look down the line and look at yourselves and see if you could you have the stamina to do this but I would like to them to call it quits before somebody has to quit for them and what I mean by that before obviously a misfortune were to happen uh cuz that I think would be a devastation and I'm saying this because you have to think to Chris Cornell you have to think to just mm-hmm. Chester Bennington and um and everybody else that this has happened to over the years and years and years, how it's just an abrupt end and there's no closure. I feel like it would be impossible for the band not to have any closure Yeah. if something were to happen. So, you know. And and on the other point of the album, um, I don't need a new album, but what would be nice is if they did, you know, one... you know, EPs, you know, mm-hmm. you don't need album nowadays because nobody goes out and actually buys, uh, you know, hard, hard covered albums unless it's on vinyl. If you do. EPs, whoa, whoa,
3: whoa I do.
0: Psh. You wait. not. I said unless it's on vinyl.
3: Oh, I do both. CD and vinyl, still, man. Really? Oh,
2: yes. It depends on the band. There are there are still a few bands where I do try to track down a CD, but it's it's rare. But I do. I do.
3: Yeah, I'm, I'm a, see, I'm a music collector, so I collect, if it's a band that I love, I want the entire discography on CD and the entire discography on vinyl.
0: Wow. Mm See, I, you know, the funny thing, when we ordered Mumford & Sons tickets, they sent us uh, two copies of the, hard copies of the new, of the new album. I did
2: that with the Killers, the last Killers album. I got two tickets for MSG and I got two hard copy CDs and I had already gotten the vinyl.
0: And I, I had no understanding. Like, why would anybody want this? Are they just trying? Is this a what kind of promotional tactic is this? Are they just? Is this trying to say that the ticket counts towards the CD sale? Is that
3: that Maybe. kind of tactic? I mean, I bought Delta when it came out on CD and vinyl. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, we, we actually we have it on vinyl now too. She bought it a couple weeks ago, um, but. Yeah, I, I just thought it was such a weird tactic because I don't even know what it, it's sit, It's still sitting on my kitchen counter because I have no place to put CDs now. I, I, I have a book that you know is one of those CD booklets that's somewhere in a box, but I literally Spotify. <laughs> and if you want anything hardcover vinyl, because it it's just it sounds good and looks good on a shelf. <laughs> so, uh, all right, enough of that. Um, I was, I was really trying to say that if, uh, you know, an EP every now and again with one or two new songs a year would be nice, but they don't need to do a full album for things to get fulfilled. I'm going to be, I'm
2: going to be totally selfish and I'm going to say I full out want both. I want a full album and I want a tour.
3: Well, I want
0: both it's just kind yeah, but,
3: but of but then they in, but then they end on an odd number 11 albums uh, 10 feels better my
2: extreme obsessive-compulsive disorder agrees with you fully
0: <laughs> it, it started with 10 so it should end with 10
3: right exactly yeah that would, that I mean be... I'm if they want to come out with another album I'm not gonna complain but I'm just saying
0: <sighs> all right we got a show to get to um West Palm 2000 night one and it kicks off with a song that we haven't touched upon on a regular podcast it is part of an exclusive show uh if you head on over to patreon the new year's eve 1992 show it was in that um this is one that matt really loves we're going to play it live so he can listen to it and uh here it is here's oceans one two three So uh, kindly to this song and and tell the world why you love it so much. This is really the first time you're telling the full fan base and not just the uh, the pa- the patrons how much you love this song. But um, this is uh, this is not very common compared to what the the live trajectory is with with uh, stuff on ten. It's it's the least common song to hear on ten. It's only been played. 95 times less than 100 which is kind of crazy to think about and uh you know if, if if you hear it it's usually an opener spot it can sometimes be spliced in in other spots the only time i saw it was part of uh the encore but uh 46 shows in between this show and the last time it was played when you uh when you think of oceans compared to something like sometimes it's a different Feel because it's more of a peaceful introductory to the show. Um, you know, it, it has a little bit of a sing-along feel, but it's it's sort of, it's easing you in in a different way than sometimes a release does, and, and I think it's just sort of the listener's choice on which one they like the most. So, Matt, it's your turn. Say what you gotta say.
2: Okay. Uh, I hate this goddamn song. <laughs> That's all what? that's all I have to say. Yeah, Oceans Oceans has has been and, and probably will always be my my um all time least favorite Pearl Jam song.
3: Oh my gosh, Matt, friendship tested.
2: <laughs> I just uh I don't care for it. I don't care for it at all. T-
0: tell her what you think about breath.
2: Uh no breath is long road. Breath is more long road I don't like either. It's a little bit it's it's very it's a little Eddie-centric for me but uh Breath Breath I don't I don't hate Breath I just never I never understood the uh the like cult following that it had I think it's a good song I just you know uh but that's for another time Uh Oceans though is just oh man
3: What <laughs> This is like my dream opener Wow if if I had to pick a song to, for them to open with, this would be it.
2: Interesting. I like the parallels here. You know, I like. I well, tell me about it. Uh, that is what, this is what I want to know. I, I need to be convinced. That I want to. I want to well, talk about that.
3: Well, oceans to oceans to me is like out of all the songs on ten, I feel like it's the one that maybe doesn't belong the most. And I, agree. I just I, think I agree with that. I yeah. I think it's such a unique song and. I think it's kind of a groove song. Like J- Jeff sounds super awesome on it, and it's just so. Oh, no.
2: That's so funny. <laughs> I, 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 the I hate Jeff's bass part on this. I hate, what? I hate how the vocal oh, melody man. follows the bass. I can't stand it.
3: But you are a bass player, so I get how you might feel <laughs> a little bit different than that. I love talking about I, this though. This is great. I I, I I am just a I am just a you know no I could play the piano and that's about it so mm-hmm. I don't know anything about that stuff and I just think it's a really cool and interesting song and I think one of the things that got me really into it was when I watched uh, MTV Unplugged the first time and I just loved the vibe that that set for the whole show and ever since then it's like the song that I would I would love to hear open with So
2: well, no, I like yeah. That that's good. Those are all good reasons. It's just they're the complete opposite of. I mean, I can't convince you to like the song, (laughs) Uh, so I understand. But but, no, I think that's hilarious. That uh, at at you know minute one here, we're on complete opposite ends uh, of the set. But (laughs) I I think it's gonna.
0: I I knew it
3: was coming. Yeah.
2: Oh yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Uh, But don't worry. I I think that's the only time. I think we're gonna come right back together (laughs) very quickly.
3: It's okay. I I won't judge you for not liking this. I song. think
2: Randy's been over there. He's been you know, twirling his fingers Eating together, my popcorn. just yeah, plotting this moment. <laughs> I
0: was I was gonna say Michael Jackson popcorn mean, but I, I don't think we're allowed to do that anymore. We might like get sued not. by the FCC. <laughs> <laughs> um, you got
2: to go with the Kermit the Frog drinking the iced tea now.
0: Yeah. There we there go. go. Kermit, Kermit yeah. has not done anything wrong oh. that we know of so far. <laughs> There's got to still be some wholesome out there.
3: There is Mr. Rogers.
0: I was just about to say, Mr. Rogers is, if anything happens and anybody ever says that Mr. Rogers is like framed for murder, uh, the whole society is going to out, it's just going to outrage. Yep. It's, it's done. We're, we're done for, um, I'm, I'm, I'm I'm glad we had this conversation though. (laughs) You know, actually just thinking about this now, the reason why they probably opened up with oceans is Eddie kind of talks. A little bit later uh about um the surf and yeah. uh the water down there we'll, we'll get to that in a little bit but i wonder if that was part of his mindset cause oh we yeah by the beach getting it kicked off i there.
3: think it's humorous that he tried to find waves to catch in florida <laughs> but okay <laughs>
0: So let's go to the number two song now. Uh, It's Corduroy. It is a sweet, sweet song for a sweet spot. It's a sweet performance. Uh, Mm -hmm. Man, they're really tight. This is, this is how you want them to open. I, what the hell else do you want from this? It's just, it's fast. It is sweet. It is just, um, they're, they're not trying to uh, do anything different. They're just, playing the song and they're trying to get the crowd involved and that's exactly what's going on it is it is a perfect performance
3: Mm -hmm. i loved it i if i would have been there i would have lost my mind completely lost my mind and it's only the second song
0: but but that's that's sort of the magic of it though is that um and i'll i'll admit i'm okay with this corduroy has always been my song that makes me realize especially if if it's the first show after like a delay of a year or two and it's happened twice corduroy is usually the song that makes me realize that i'm fine i'm at a pearl jam show mm-hmm. so i've cried twice during corduroy
3: oh dude <laughs> listen i might as well just fill a backpack full of <laughs> tissues because i would just be going through them like crazy yeah like crazy it's,
0: it's crazy it i I don't even know what would happen the next time they played, because we've, we've done all this coverage and, and talked about them so much that there are so many new feelings that have escalated in my head and new appreciation for songs that I, I don't know what kind of emotions I would have. And I'm not that kind of person.
2: Or, or we've been doing this for so long that we're just, we're, to we're just totally stone cold oh, and, God, we're, and we're taking notes during it or something.
3: Yes. <laughs> I could see you too at the like at the rail, like watching Eddie, and every time he does something, just like tapping your pencil to your pat to your tongue and like writing down the pad like mm-hmm, perfect, mm-hmm, perfect, mm-hmm.
2: exactly. The Je-
0: Jeff Jeff wasn't moving in this song. Jeff, they Jeff weren't energetic. energetic. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, that means this. I had
2: almost no notes for Cordura, uh, Besides, it was a great performance. And before we started recording, I mentioned to you guys because we had brought it up that this bootleg is is pretty renowned. Uh, I, I assume people talk about it a lot and people like it a lot. Uh, the boot has uh, an amazing mix. And I thought the drums on this specifically, Yeah, I think
0: everything from here, uh, starting with oceans up until uh, Ed starts talking to the crowd, it felt like six songs lasted less than five minutes. That's how tight and that's how just into it I got. And, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying it, it, everything flowed together really nicely and I wouldn't say it's unconventional some of these songs in some of these spots I think the next one if you're seeing it from a 2019 standpoint, it's a little unconventional but um not from a historic standpoint. we'll get into that in a sec but man everything was really really played well i I might have one or two small small critiques of how things were played from this night but um as far as corduroy goes this this was this was starting off the first inning of a perfect game and going one two three and pitching throwing uh you know less than 10 pitches so sure (laughs) baseball reference (laughs) jesse you love baseball don't you
3: (laughs) i know literally nothing about sports (laughs)
0: That's one when, when I. So when
3: anytime I, you make a reference, I'm like, "All right, man, I believe we'll you." We'll try to we'll try to dial <laughs> it back
2: for this episode, then.
3: Oh no! Don't it's, be yourself. It's
2: spring training right now. It's tough not to.
3: Yeah. Uh,
0: we're, we're ready. We got what a week, something like that. I don't know, a week from when this show comes out. We'll have we'll have fun once baseball. Well, we might have like a baseball section in the show, <laughs> if it, if it's demanded. <laughs> yeah that that that'll get us listeners.
3: Um, it may. You never
0: know. <laughs> <laughs> we kind of splice the two. I mean, Pearl Jam fans and baseball fans. People love yeah. the ballpark shows, so mm-hmm. you do never know. All right, we're getting in number three here, and it's Grievance. We kind of talked in the Greensboro show that uh, they played Insignificance number three at the Greensboro show, and I thought at that time I was very interested that they were doing that, and I thought it was kind of not a normal spot. And I did bring up that during this time grievance was was being played a lot at this point and i actually really i dug it because it 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 doesn't feel conventional but they made it really fit it it feels like it should kind of the the place it should go should be after all these normal uh you know animal and brady j and red mosquito kind of come after this so it should be maybe one or two after that but i think they made they made this fit, and they made it sound really good.
3: Yeah, I liked it. I thought it was good. I mean, I think Eddie, I wrote down that Eddie had some problems with his microphone during Grievance, if I'm not mistaken, like some reverb or something. I think there was but a little
2: feedback, if I remember too. Yeah, uh, you're right. but
3: other than that, yeah, I've, I felt like this whole set, like you said, before he started talking in the crowd, I feel like it was just heavy hitter after heavy hitter after heavy hitter. Like, they just did not stop. So... I thought it sounded great.
2: Yeah, they they roll forward uh quickly in the show for a few songs and uh yeah, Randy with the order from Greensboro, I mentioned that I I didn't care for grievance because of the spot. It was it felt like it was late for me and it threw the whole song off for me. I so yeah, I know I agree with you uh in a, in a sense that it should be earlier, but I disagree that it should be any later because I thought this spot was Absolutely perfect. And not only that, but it completely changed my mind on the live version of the song. Hearing it in, in a spot like this, I, I I absolutely love it.
0: Now, if you go animal after grievance um, and animal, and I think it's just kind of mental memory at this point where you kind of think, like, oh, the set should be oceans and the corduroy into animal into Brandon J because that's just how we've seen other sets. Um, so, do you think that? Kind of going back to the well with something that maybe you would expect to hear before grievance uh, was a good idea was a good choice,
2: yeah, yeah, well, I'm gonna say because it's not why go and it's animal that it's it's earlier spot is better for me. but you also have to think it's you know grievance is a newer song now, so it's not unlikely for them to toss in something newer earlier. And and bump down, you know, a well song like Animal, and uh, as long as it's as long as it's not why go this early, then I'm totally fine with it.
3: I agree.
0: <laughs> um, Performance wise, grievance Animal, I thought, I mean, I got dead on for both. I of got one liners. <laughs> I got one liners. Me too.
1: Yeah, mm-hmm. same a with me.
0: Beat well above average. Um, something that I can just envision the crowd i don't have to watch this on youtube because i know the crowd is uh is going to be into this the whole way this animal i really thought this animal was better than a lot of other animals that we've listened to on the show did you did you think that matt where were you on this
2: it's tough to say if it was uh it was just so tight And we've had tight animals and we've even had ones that are more energetic and loose towards like an end of a set that are good for that reason. So I don't know if I would say I don't know if I would say it was better because it was so tight, but
3: I just wrote glad to have it next to it.
0: You're pretty Follow-up. much uh, you're following our, our script here. The happy to have in class. you're fitting right in. Yeah. yeah, happy to have in class.
3: Oh yeah, yeah. it's all o- it is all over my notes. <laughs> Glad to have it. Happy to have it.
2: It's funny. I try not to write that down in my notes. I try to think of something interesting to say for a song, but
3: but sometimes it's just the right thing to <laughs> yeah, say. Yeah,
2: and nope. I just scrolled down real quick, and I do have "Happy to Have" written down like four times. So I'm gonna try to <laughs> I'm gonna try to not actually say it, but I know I'm going to.
0: I try. I. Try, I, I I don't think I wrote ha- happy to have on the show, but I tried to like give somebody a little bit of a benefit of the doubt. Like, oh, he was good or this was better or this was better than the last one. Something along those lines. But yes, happy to have is 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 an overstatement or understatement, whatever you want to say. We go into Brandon J here. Uh for me, this one is just drums, 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 and how good the drums sounded on this version, uh, and that's that's what I wrote for this. I gave Matt a lot of credit for how good this song sounded. Yeah. Uh, everybody knows how much I love this song, so, I'm, not a bad word.
3: Yeah, my uh, in all capital letters, my notes say, "Glad to fucking have it." <laughs> <There>
2: <laughs> it is. Uh, I had one. This, yeah, this is like my third or fourth one liner in a row. It says uh, they're really keeping it going here. It's, I, I didn't even have a critique on <laughs> how they played it because there was none.
0: Jesse, you guys did an episode of this, right?
3: Yeah, we did that. Uh, I did it when Michael and Zach were still a part of the podcast.
0: So I
2: think you did what I think you did an episode for the next one coming up, too.
0: Right.
3: We did. Oh. It, you know.
0: Ah is that a little bit of a the theme are we
3: saying? Um, no, it's just that Yield and No Code are my second and third favorite albums, so awesome. <laughs> I just love I just love the music on there. Um and when I when Michael and Zach were on it, um, they're not quite as nerdy as me when it comes to this band, so I was trying to pick songs that would stretch them a little bit more. Um, ones that they probably wouldn't gravitate towards. Um so that's kind of why something like Brain of Jay" and Red Mosquito, I felt like, were songs that I knew that the fan base liked a lot, but songs that I also knew Michael and Zach didn't know super well. So that's sometimes why I picked them.
0: Sometimes it's better that way. You kind of go into it with a fresh head and you're like, okay, well, this is my first opinion of this because I've been literally listening to, to Brain of Jay since, you know, February 3rd 1998 when when the damn album came out and I can you know have feelings of it from when I was 12 feelings of it when I was 18 feelings of it when I was 25 and now feelings of it when I was 32 and there's all different emotions but there's nothing like just having the one thought process from it you know and and you're still very much in the early stages of that which i actually Mm -hmm. i kind of admire because you can kind of especially covering covering a lot of these songs you can kind of see them in different lights than your original uh you know your first listen to so absolutely so something like branda j i'm actually curious what kind of what did you find to be different about it when you started covering it for, for that episode?
3: Well, I, um, like I said, I was trying to pick back when Michael and Zach were on the podcast with me, I was trying to pick songs that I, well, my husband, Zach, just he was doing the podcast because he loved me, basically, and he wanted to do something with me, which I appreciate. And he does like Pearl Jam, not to the extent that I do, but he does. Um, but Michael, what has been a fan since he was a kid, but his dad really never pushed him to go past like vitology. So I wanted him to feel like we were listening to songs that I felt like they would enjoy the style of, um, but didn't really know. Whereas when I was going into it, Brain of Jay has been one of my favorites on Yield since I first listened to Yield. I love Brain of Jay. So, you know, it's just, I don't know. I i mean, I hope that they liked it and they thought I made good choices. But um, I just felt like it was a really uh, a song that, especially because it's an opener of an album, particularly Brain of Jay, it oftentimes will get overlooked sometimes I think because people are like getting into the album and you think of Given to Fly when you hear Yield so I wanted something that had a lot of kick to it because that's kind of Michael's uh style and I wanted something that they would kind of skip over if they really were given the choice um which it worked out because my husband loves that song now so um yeah I I just think that Brain of Jay is such a it's such a kick-ass punk 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 song I mean, it just is, and it's like, like I said in the uh, our episode, it's like a CBGB kind of kick you in the fa- straight in the face song, and I I wanted to talk about that because I love it.
0: It really is, and and not only that, but it's it's punk while it's adding a little Pearl Jam to punk because you yes. wouldn't. In a punk song, you wouldn't have that bridge in in that part. The yep, absolutely. You wouldn't have something like that. But the way that you know Stone and Eddie think as musicians and the way that they play kind of leads to they can pull different emotions out of different songs. There's not a lot of songs that they have that are are one dimensional. I don't know if, if if you think of that a lot, but you know, even for something like Brandon J that seems really straight up, uh, and seems like it would be punk. It's, it's really not. It's,
3: you're exactly right. You know, it's so much
0: different than that and so much more substantial. Um, speaking of more substantial, red mosquito is another that just, I feel is such a substantial song. And that's, again, the set is just zoomed, uh, it, you know, we've been talking about the first six songs for, I don't know how many minutes, uh, you know, but it felt like maybe six minutes went by listening to all six of these. They're all fast. They're all rockers. They're all just energetic and lightning speed. Uh, I love it. I love Red Mosquito. We we say such, such good things about this, this song on this show. Another one that you guys covered too. So,
3: yes, this is what this is on my dream set. I absolutely love this song. I love the style of it. I love Eddie's voice in it. I love the words. I mean, this song is just kick ass. It is just a kick ass song
0: now. I, I don't. I don't remember if I listened to that episode. I think the early episodes. I I, I need to go back and listen to a little bit. But did you ever bring up? Because I I feel like we kind of by mistake brought up one time that Mike's guitar sounded like a mosquito.
3: We did not. But you are one hundred percent right. <laughs> and I think about that all the time. So it just,
0: it's got that like little you know the buzz in your ear. That yeah. Mm,
3: mm, it's not it, it's not irritating because it's freaking awesome. But. To a listener that doesn't really know Pearl Jam, that it could be irritating, you know what I mean? And that's what I think mm. of with mosquitoes. They're not like the most horrible thing in the world. They're just irritating. Uh, but that's the some, whole point, you know. In
0: some parts of this world, they're they're pretty irritating. Yeah, true. <laughs> Depending on what kind of diseases they're they're carrying, but yes. Um, any anything else? Anything else to capitalize off of this one? Because it's just
3: I wrote down that. I thought the guitars sounded amazing in this song.
0: They did. They really so. did, especially Mike. Yeah. It was on point.
2: Um yeah. I'm just I'm a little conflicted by it for the spot, uh or or, or I was, I should say. I was asking myself do I like it more after even flow better and I think I might, but um I'm also considering that this is, you know, the year 2000 and I I think it uh I think it does work here before even flow and more importantly what i focus on the most is that it feels natural coming out of brain of jay which it's that's weird to say because of the type of song brain of jay is i feel like almost nothing should come naturally out of that but red mosquito does so uh yeah another kind of a home run here
3: and i really like the transition between red mosquito and the next song i don't know if that's something you guys agree with i do
2: i do agree
0: i i I actually do too, yeah. I mean, obviously, the pause and, and saying hi to the crowd, um, it, it breaks it up a little bit, but I think that as far as sectioning goes, you had that those six, and that's a good place to stop and sort of change trajectory a little bit. Um, uh, so let's talk about kind of what Ed was saying here. We kind of alluded to it before with how they started with Oceans, and um, this is... Middle of August in this show, so Ed says hello to everybody and says it was a beautiful day today. He was out on the water, out on the beach, uh, got to watch a band named Sonic Youth, and he thanks a guy named Dougie Boy McKinnon who helped him, tried to help him find some surf, but they found nothing. Um, there was something else that he said in there, and I'm, I have it up in a second, uh, if I could bring it up off of Five Horizons. Um, he said that he'd forgotten that he had to work that evening but this doesn't feel like work that's what i wanted to bring up in there um so one thing in in that real quick i know obviously playing oceans and kind of alluding to you know him not getting waves that day i think works pretty well but um sonic youth he Every show that I've I've listened to from this Americ uh, U.S. tour uh, in 2000, he always has such flattering things to say about Sonic Youth, and it's not that I wouldn't think that he wouldn't say flattering things about them. It's that I'm sort of thinking that Sonic Youth was the perfect band for them to tour with after the Ross killed uh, tragedy that maybe that they were grieving with them and maybe that, you know, spending time with them was helpful throughout the grieving process. Uh, Cause he definitely, it's, it's, it's more than just saying, you know, thanks for, thanks for coming along. It's, it's more like, you know, we wouldn't have had, we can't have a better family with us on the road. Sure. That's how it, and maybe it didn't come off like that on this show, but other shows I've listened to it through that era. Oh, I, I
3: definitely feel like he he was definitely sentimental when he was saying that, like it was definitely coming from his heart. I agree completely.
0: Yeah. there. You know, I I just I wonder if that's if there were any glue like we were talking about before that, uh, you know, they could have broken up during this time if there was any reason that maybe they decided not to. Maybe the influence did Come from from Sonic Youth and them just being there as as uh, emotional support and you know such an important thing when all this is is going on and so fresh in your head. It's 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 literally a month away from a massive tragedy uh, that I'm sure is playing in their heads over and over and over again. Something you can. Easily get ps uh, PTSD from, oh yeah, uh, you know, and it seems like even to this day, Eddie still tries to cope with it in different ways. So, um,
3: well, they even talk about that in Pearl Jam Twenty how after that moment, like they became a different band, yes, and they they viewed things differently and they viewed each other differently and how they handle fans and the audience differently. So, I mean, I I really do think that that is, like, a landmark in their career, a turning point for them. Um, so it's it's not surprising that he seems much more sentimental with what he's saying because, especially being f- so fresh from that event, like, I know it's hard for them to talk about it now, much less have feelings about it back then. So, yeah.
0: There's um. I mean, I couldn't put it better than that. They, you're absolutely right. The, the PJ-20 stuff, it, it did seem like it was a turning point. And for a while, they weren't playing any general admission shows. So, uh, you know, they were very cautious. And when they did play general admission shows, I remember hearing, you know, even at points in 2003, you know, they would come on stage and the first thing that they would say was you know, be good to one another be you know Mm -hmm. be respectful of one another so
3: there's a bootleg Um, there's a bootleg that i have where i can't remember which one it is but eddie literally says everybody okay does everybody feel safe like he's it was in 2000 but it was towards the end of 2000 and he was like asking
0: i i'm not matt do you remember if he did that at greensboro
2: i don't but i feel like we've definitely heard that before in one of these bootlegs we have
0: yeah um especially in 2000 i'm, I'm sure uh oh you know what maybe berlin comes to mind the berlin show because uh there was a point in that berlin show where he said it and it wasn't around uh the time where they were doing black but it was definitely um this was the 10th 10 year anniversary of the festival tragedy so yeah, that,
2: that, that makes sense.
0: He was he i I remember at one point he was just kind of overly cautious and and it was getting it was getting to him and and they were getting emotional uh about it. so um let's uh let's play a song, and you know, I don't wanna try to disconnect from tragedy, but as we do from all tragedies, we try to move on with uh, the best intentions. uh so let's listen to Mike. Absolutely rocking on nothing as it seems. sentence written down for this and that's just that mic is on another stratosphere this sound Mm -hmm. fantastic
3: I wrote down that I love the eeriness of this song there's just something kind of semi-creepy about it and I love it There is.
2: I used that exact word as well yeah? Yeah. see Uh,
3: Matt we can get back into this
2: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, yeah no because I I also I like how this works before even flow too it's it's a great cool down but it's got a completely different tone compared to anything thus far in the set, um, or compared to a lot of Pearl Jam songs, really. And and I wrote it's because it's it's eerie and it's spooky, mm-hmm. and it does its job perfectly. It's it's doing what it's supposed to do right here.
0: I I, I like how you guys say that. I wasn't gonna bring up the story because I wonder if I brought it up before, but like you know how you get sometimes when you're in certain situations and you kind of get a song stuck in your head and it's kind of like befitting of the situation that you're in mm-hmm. um so this was years back and you know i i was just hanging out with a friend of mine at the time who you know i i haven't spoken to at all in a in a while it was it was just kind of a work friend after work kind of thing. And and we we were hopping around to a couple bars and we, we hopped to this place that uh, was like the worst kind of dive bar that you could expect. It was like they were selling beer out of the can for $2 and that's probably why we went. And it was just like, it was kind of motorcycle bar-ish, but not really. But, you know, there still was this sort of, gritty feeling about it and we were just sitting there and it was kind of like close it was the last place we went and we were sitting there and neither of us were really saying much and all of a sudden in my head I get that like that that mic twang that and it comes into my head I'm like it I can't explain as to why. It just felt like this I don't know. I don't know if it was like a depressing situation, but it felt like it was a, a situation that warranted uh, I can't even put my finger on it. Are it, it, you
2: trying to say that this song would have been the theme music for that moment in the bar?
0: That's what mm-hmm. I'm trying to say. That it kind <laughs> of Your invoked. Soundtrack. Yeah, it kind of invoked, because like the 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 surroundings weren't, you know, my normal surroundings. They they were kind of I wasn't around people that I was comfortable usually being around. It was, there was silence. It wasn't sure if it was uncomfortable silence, you know, and, and it just kind of, it sounds like it was
2: probably uncomfortable silence.
0: Well, I, I, I'm not sure. I I don't, I don't remember what place I was in at at the time (laughs) and it could have just been me, but I've always thought about nothing as it seems being the kind of song that the guy who's down on his luck listens to, at the end of the bar, you know, on his third drink, and is trying to sort some things out.
3: <laughs> I can not see
0: sure, that. Not sure if I'm on the same page here. I've never <laughs>
3: thought about it that way, but I like to think about it that way. It's a good now. That's good the picture. only
2: way I'm going to think about it.
3: <laughs> <Am> I right? <laughs> <laughs> I
0: don't know. I just I just think of shit differently sometimes. So, uh, but this was awesome. This was really good. Any any anybody else got anything to say on it?
3: Nope. It's
2: just yeah, <laughs> it was, yeah just what I had said before, just great. great you movie. guys,
0: you guys heard it. We all heard it. We played it. It sounds awesome. Uh title of the next one is called Paralyzed Big Baby. I have no idea why he said that, but yes, that's actually what Eddie said. <laughs> Paralyzed Big Baby.
1: What a weirdo.
0: Um, yeah, so <laughs> it goes into even flow.
2: <laughs> if anyone was wondering what, <laughs> what he was actually talking about,
0: it, yeah, I I wouldn't have even had a better guess as to what it could have been. Um, <laughs> do you
3: think that's probably why he did it?
2: <laughs> do you think everyone kind of paused and looked at each other, like, like what is it? New
3: song, new song,
2: new song. But Big the baby, awesome. I gotta be I gotta I gotta be honest. The title of it this all might suck. What is this going to sound like?
0: It's going to well, sound like know, So, so later in the set, they do an improv and they use the word paralyzing. Could that mm-hmm. improv be called paralyzed big baby?
3: We'll
1: get well, to it that. It is improv. now. <laughs> <laughs> maybe
0: we, maybe we need to coin that. Um, Even flow here was really good and it was faster than most versions. It didn't have this like nine minute solo that it usually does. Um, it was, it was straight and to the point. And it's really following with the theme of just being a, a very, uh, fast and energetic set and tight too.
3: Yeah, I agree. I thought Mike sounded great.
2: Yeah, it was definitely tight, short and, uh, and to the point, very, uh, you know very year 2000 version uh i can't can't really complain about any of it
0: no uh you know we've covered even flow oh 27 times on 28 shows something like that oh so,
3: gosh
0: yeah i mean there's not much more to say but uh yeah this was different than your usual run of the mill uh you know everybody has their roles in the song kind of play. So I, I I liked it for that. I like when things are sort of uh, compact a little bit. Um, but we, nobody's got anything else on that. We can move on to Faithful, which I've always thought was a really good follow-up to Even Flow. Again, this is just sounding really good and really energetic, and it is just, I know it, it's like the happy to have in class, but that's what it is, and I have zero complaints on it.
3: Yeah, same for me. If it's on yield, I'm happy to have it.
0: Absolutely.
2: <laughs> um yeah, Randy, what you said uh after Even Flow, this is uh it's performed well and it's it's serving a really good purpose after Even Flow because it's doing kind of what a given fly would do. It's it's uh it's the beginning of a new part of set 1 and and we really like it when songs uh are utilized that way because I, I we both think it's very important especially with a band like Pearl Jam where they are they're tossing you with either slow openers or, or they're just running you over with a train. You need that little bit of separation, and Faithful is working doing that. But um, this song, as I've mentioned before, is still so boring to me. I don't have any connection with this song. I this is this it's always been a skip. But I do like its uh, its purpose here. I, I can say that it's it it was performed wonderfully. So I'll 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 give it that credit. I just. It's just not one of my favorites.
0: Are you guys okay? Are you guys still friends? (laughs) No, I yeah, yeah. I mean I'll I'll
2: always give it the benefit of the of the doubt. It's just yeah, it's it's I like it for me.
3: It's certainly not one that I have to hear every time I hear the album. I'll say that. Like if if I'm not in the mood for it, I'll skip it.
0: I went I went through a time where Faithful might have been my favorite song off of Yield. Mm. And it was you know not so distant future, probably like 2013, 2014, where if I heard faithful, I would have kind of an, Oh my God kind of moment. Um, uh, but it's, it's sort of, it's fallen off a little bit for me and, and not on purpose. It's just other things sort of, you know, you kind of listen to things after a while and, and they don't get worse, but they don't get, better they don't get more significant it's not like the song hit me in a different way uh but it just you sort of move on to other things you know mm-hmm. after a tv a tv show in its fourth season might not be as appealing in it, it, as it was in its second mm-hmm. so that that might be how i i saw faithful at the time uh that goes into dissident and um i wouldn't expect dissonant here. I think dissonant is usually a little earlier, but um, I thought this was fine because the flow of the show is just really, really good at this point. Um, Ed's voice is really good on dissonant. I think that's one of the things I always, I, I keep critical of Ed for sort of um, giving in on dissonant, especially with earlier versions where uh, later versions, I should say, where he's just kind of, they're just doing the song, and he's not going as high as he can. This, I think he he knows where his his strengths are, and he's playing to them, and I, I think that's why it sounded really good.
3: Yeah, I agree with you. I put uh, that it was a unique transition. It was a, something that I wasn't expecting.
0: Definitely. No, yeah, it, it absolutely wasn't uh, expected here at all.
2: I was not paying attention to Eddie at all on this one, uh, and this is this is the song that I really wanted a live video for. Uh, did you guys notice?
0: They cut off, right?
2: No, no. Did you notice in the song? What? The whole entire second verse into the second chorus. There's no bass.
0: <gasps> no, no I, I, didn't I didn't notice, notice that. that.
2: Je- je- yeah, I I want a video. Jinx. I don't I don't know if something happened with like a a guitar switch or something, but his bass goes completely out and he's not in almost half the song, and then he he comes back in. I wanted to see if, he was, uh, if there was a cable problem or a bass problem. I need that video to see if he was handing off to a roadie or something. What happened to Jeff's bass?
0: And just as you guys thought that it was useless to have a bass player on a podcast...
2: <laughs> I still think it is sometimes.
0: After Dissident is Thin Air, and uh, we're going to play it in a sec, but I just want to say this... Sounds different. Um, it's it's kind of like Western sounding. Mm. I I don't. We've only covered it a very small handful of times, so I don't remember it sounding like this. Matt, do you remember this vibe? Have Have you gotten this vibe from uh, Thin Air before?
2: No i I had one line on this, and I said, "This sounds lovely. I love
1: it."
0: <laughs> let's 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 uh let's play it for them then. If you uh if you want to dance. Now's the time to, to slow dance. <laughs> Here it is. There's a light. western vibe out of that kind of i don't know it has that i could like, see it i could yeah, see it that sort of desertish something like that i don't
3: know i mean i'm kind of impartial to this song like i don't really have a super opinion one way or the other but i thought it was a it was a nice song to have
0: you know it's uh this is this is an interesting spot for it too because you kind of you have you have smaller sections you, you had that big section to start off with and then you kind of you tie nothing as it seems and even flow together you tie faithful and dissonant together and then yeah. thin air is sort of kind of on an island of its own i,
2: uh, I agree mm-hmm. and you know what i was feeling that way for like maybe the next like three or four songs i felt like that was popping up a lot and then i was trying to write my notes in Uh, consolidating it all together on this like weird kick of like you said, like songs out on an Island by themselves or this here, this there. And then I listened to it again. I'm like, you know what? All these songs are so tight. I don't care. Like everything was working for me.
0: Everything Mm -hmm. fit, everything fit. And in really sectioning, it's almost unfair to say that things are sectioned off because everything did, they were able to transition from song to song uh, quite well in the show, and and Thin Air, you know, maybe nowadays you'll hear it in an encore uh, as one of you know a cool down uh, spot, but I like I do like it here too, as kind of like a mid set sort of uh, love song, and then it, it what's what's really funny it goes from Thin Air being like one of their love songs and more you know like sing along or whatever you want to call it to uh, to Lucan which is yes. the exact opposite. <laughs> uh, never really have much to say on Lukant. This this one was uh, more coherent than usual. It's never going to be word for, for word uh, perfect, but it, it wasn't butchering the lyrics for the sake of trying to keep up with the speed.
3: <laughs> Y'all, I, I love this song. Like, I won't even lie. I would lose my mind if they played this song.
0: It's fun to hear live. It's fun yeah. to hear live and, and you you know that it's just kind of your energy you suck up your energy for about less than a minute or so and you get really into it and then then it's over and then you're quickly on to the next thing.
3: Yeah, it's just straight adrenaline for like less than a minute. It's awesome.
0: I now Je- Jesse, I, I don't I'm gonna bring something up. I don't I don't wanna um, take you out of conversation if, if this is not your comfort spot, but <laughs> Okay Um is Lucan one of their best wrestling entrance themes? Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> I have to ask it.
3: I mean, I that, don't think, it,
0: I don't think it's know, their here's, best.
3: Here, I don't think so either. And here's why. I think that the lyrics are a little... To me, when I think of like a wrestling intro, I'm thinking of something that's got like a kind of a fist pumping kind of action. You know okay. what I mean? And I feel like Lucan is just way too fast for that. It's just Ooh. way too, you know... It is like someone like running a race around a room like I can't imagine like I don't know. I'm trying to think of like who I would picture coming into that.
2: I feel like it would be a good entrance song for like another Mick Foley off character.
0: It would be an ECW theme. Yeah, I can see <laughs> that. He
2: could find a character to enter to this uh, to this song for sure.
0: Not Dude Love.
2: Or Mankind.
0: It would have to be a Cactus Jack. Oh my gosh,
3: Mankind.
2: Cactus Jack.
0: Good Lord. I, I think I've always thought that the most perfect uh, entrance theme of theirs is comatose. I can see that. You, you start off and it kind of has like that entrance and then you kind of sort of wait for the high spot and then mm-hmm. they can go on the top rope and sort of do their taunt or whatever during the feel it rising part. Yeah. I agree. That, that uh, whole, uh, na, 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 that whole part, they can kind of just be running around the ring or something like that. I don't
3: know. Mm-hmm. See, what's funny is I actually somewhat know what you're talking about because my brother, older brother is super into wrestling and he has been most of his life. Damn. So it's not a horrible it's not a horrible <laughs> subject to bring up.
0: <laughs> you just never know sometimes. You just I know. never know. Yep. I know. Uh, I I always wonder how much of an island I put myself on when I make a wrestling reference on this show. And then sometimes <laughs> we get somebody and they're like They kind of do a wink, wink, nudge, nudge to like a wrestling reference that we made. We like, wait, you caught that? We barely (laughs) caught that. (laughs)
2: That's how Randy weeds them out. He goes, all right, I'm going to ask him about wrestling and see what they say.
3: (laughs) Well, I don't know. I don't know a bunch of the current wrestlers, but. I know, I know the ones that my brother really enjoys, so...
0: You know, the, the Stone Colds of, of the world and... Correct. Well,
3: my... And... Well, you know, it's funny. I literally, like, probably not even a month ago, had a full-on conversation about wrestling with my brother because he's always been super into The Undertaker. My mm-hmm. entire life, that's been his favorite. Well, now all of a sudden, his favorite is Stone Cold Steve Austin. And I'm like, where is this coming from? Like, I felt offended. Like, genuinely that... offended that he would change and... Like, his loyalty would leave The Undertaker. I couldn't believe it.
0: Well, I just couldn't believe I c- it. I can see that, and sorry if I get too too wrestle-centric here, but I can see it because when you sort of think of, of Stone Cold's career, uh, Stone Cold's career is kind of like maybe Nirvana's career, where Stone Cold ended at a time where you wanted more out of him. And mm-hmm. you thought he can give a lot more, but that was all that 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 he can give. And he was done. And he retired, you know, a little bit after the height of his phenomena. But The Undertaker is kind of like the Rolling Stones. And it's just, yes. after a <laughs> while, get off the fucking stage. Yes, I think that's where
3: he is too. Yeah, I think he feels like he's gone too long.
0: Yeah, I can totally see that. I mean, they're at a point... And I don't know. We're recording this on a Monday, so obviously wrestling hasn't happened this week. But they're at a point where you know WrestleMania and The Undertaker synonymous with WrestleMania. This is the first WrestleMania in years and years and years and years where he's so far not uh, announced to to be there. But as of this recording, because he it needs could to change. retire. Yeah, hundred percent agree. But they also think that they can make a lot of money off of it. So
3: true because they can.
0: Um looking into not for you uh this is probably one of my favorite transitions that they they have um but this here they they don't do a seamless transition and I really love the seamless transition that that happens with this where it's the freak was purchasing a fucking gun boom 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 doo, boom and they go right into to not for you uh there was a little pause and then they went into it. I don't know if that was, if they were just still trying to figure it out. But it seems like "looking and not for you" is is a thing now that they make sure when they're constructing a set list, they're gonna do it that way. And and I love how it sounds.
3: Yeah, I thought it sounded great. I didn't have any notes for except so glad to have it.
2: Um. Yeah. Uh, super well paced here and well placed my problem is uh yeah this one still is still not one of my favorites either and and even when it's well paced uh, it it's it's just a it's just a dragging song for me and I, it's it's way too long especially for what the song consists of and what i mean by that is the instrumentation in the song really isn't all that interesting but there's so much of it mm-hmm. and after yeah. like 2 minutes i'm like I'm I'm just over it. You know, I like the song for, for about two minutes. So coming out of Luke I totally agree with you, Randy. It's great,
0: but
3: I feel the exact same way about that song. I think the
0: problem with it is that when you get into, especially songs of that era songs with Dave, um, the bridges sound incredible and they sound really interesting. I don't, I just right. don't think that not for you has that strong of a bridge. It's just kind of there. I think it,
2: yeah, I think it's a little bit overshadowed by by a really repetitive uh, verse and chorus. Mm-hmm.
0: But the best, probably my favorite part about it is sort of how uh, the ending, it comes out of the bridge and then it goes kind of slow, you know, seat my table, or whatever yeah. the line is. Uh, and then it goes back and it kind of builds back into that hard you know kind of finish and and kind of finishes the race uh yeah. really yeah, strong
2: no, I, I definitely agree with you there i i that's a great part because it's a really natural build up and it especially live it's, it ends very strong it just takes like four minutes to get there and by then they're just going back into what they played for another like for the four minutes before that and i'm totally over it by then
0: Right, I, I get where you're coming from. I get where you're coming from with that. Um,
2: I want to, I want to put it in a GarageBand and cut together like a, like a two and a half minute version of "Not for You." <laughs> uh,
0: I, I really love the ending of this song and how it transitions into the next song because it came uh, totally blind and don't nobody say what the next song is because I want it to blindside. So that what I want you to do on the edit is okay. p- play that little like tail end. Of right before it kind of transitions where they would do the modern girl and then let's hear the transition into the next song and I want to surprise some people and see how uh, surprised that they are to hear this next song follow not for you so let's
2: Sounds can we do be. all
0: that all right. oh yeah oh yeah perfect. talk about transitions and um man was this one of the better ones i've ever heard in my life that's How literally good was this?
3: that was my note like great transition right great transition it yeah. just
0: it because it, 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 it came unexpectedly and and you know we're 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 doing we're doing the show and we have all the notes and we have the set list and the numbers up and everything like that but um there are some things that can't be expected when you're listening to a show for the first time and, you know, you see Not For You Into Present Tense, you just think, okay, it's just gonna have a normal, like, let the crowd react to it and then get into Present Tense or talk before it. You don't know what's gonna happen. It literally is one fluid motion and it's just so good.
3: hmm Absolutely. I love this. I
2: did think the intro for Present Tense, though, was a little uh, rough. Not ruined, but... I, I, put,
3: if... I put sloppy.
2: It was a little sloppy. I don't know. Do you think he felt rushed into it? Like, did the transition maybe...
3: I'm not sure. I'd say
2: that they were trying to play through it. It wasn't one of the tighter versions we've heard, but I really hate talking negatively about this song. They could, they could totally yeah. bunt it, and I would still be like, that was fine. <laughs> <laughs> nope. I just love it so much.
0: The one thing I really did like about this was um, I think that it was even paced enough where they weren't trying to outdo the second half. They weren't trying to have the second half outdo the first. And sometimes, you know, when they get into it and it gets into that like long and progressive part where it's kind of just headbanging, you kind of forget how great that sing-along was. I I felt like the sing-along was really Good in this spot here and um uh it it allowed me to remember that afterwards if that makes sense it's Mm -hmm. it's giving everything it's it's due due diligence and it's uh it is it is sounding good on on all parts uh and that brings us into mfc here um (laughs) what what do they do during this matt Oh, was he doing? Did he do your thing? Yeah, he did. He did it in the second one.
3: What is going on? I think I'm confused.
0: Yeah, it's it's in the second part of that. It, it, it's a little less in in the after the first chorus. So uh, there's you know after you listen to hundreds and hundreds of shows, you you sort of get used to. Uh, the stereotypical things that especially Eddie does uh, during some songs. And during MFC, uh, they'll do the, there's no leaving here, ask i on here, please disappear. And then it kind of goes back in that. And then right during that, when they're playing the same intro, it goes, grung, 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 grung,
3: Eddie does that?
0: Eddie does that, yeah.
3: Huh. I'll have to go back and listen to that, because I don't really remember anything like that, but... Obviously, you probably listened to it so many more times well, for Nancy's the podcast. waiting but... for it
2: to happen now. <laughs> <laughs> he hates it's, it so much. So. It's
0: one of those things that I didn't, like, I guess the first couple times, I, 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 even hearing it, I, I probably wouldn't even bring it up on the show. I'd be like, all right, well, they just did an MFC. And then after the third or fourth time, I'm like, oh, he's, he's done that, hasn't he? He's done that a couple of times. And it kind of sounds like he's... Chewing really loudly, like in a, how a kid chews obnoxiously, or yeah. like, he's supposed to, Steve thinks that it was him supposed to be mimicking a car.
2: Like a little mini racer, right?
0: Yeah. A little,
2: a little Fiat or something.
0: Right, but really he's just <laughs> kind of, it, it sounds like he's stuck in ignition. <laughs> <laughs> oh, another thing that we can't bring up on this podcast. Oh, so, yeah. What's ah.
2: my band going to do, man? I'm at a wedding band. I can't do Ignition or any Michael Jackson anymore.
0: Hmm. You can do Smooth Criminal Alien Ant Farm version. Alien Ant there Farm. There you go.
2: Yeah. All right. the... Problem solved, Randy. Crisis <laughs> averted. Thank you.
0: Is I anybody, would be pumped um... to be
3: at any wedding that had that playing. <laughs> uh, You can
0: do Weird Al's Fat instead yes. of Bad. Eat it? Eat it. Yeah. There Both you go. Them. Is there a good, like, Cover of Billie Jean.
3: Uh, Chris Cornell. Oh, Chris, okay. Chris yeah. Cornell did a slow cover of Billie Jean. It's freaking awesome.
2: Sorry, just I'm just gonna say on MFC. I don't know if you guys noticed. I thought Ed's vocals were like almost non-existent on this. Uh, a couple songs, it sounded like his level went way down. I don't know if mm-hmm. that was just me or the way I was listening to it, but
3: no, I agree. Yeah,
0: you might you might be onto something there. I, I think. It was one of those things. Again, sometimes if I'm listening, I'm I'm sort of uh, I'm doing two things at once, and um, MFC is so fast as it is. Everything on the show is just fast and just <laughs> really quick versions of things, and um, I I might have I might have missed that one little facet of it. So this is interesting. Uh, we've 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 handled some improv stuff before. Uh, um, you know, I I can't even remember the kind of improvs that we've done because we've sort of passed it by as you know, this is a little weird and we don't really know how to how to handle this. We're just gonna listen <laughs> to it and talk about it, but I think that's kind of what we'll do for this one too. Um, just it's there's no name there's no name to the song. It's just kind of them doing an intro into the next one, which is is really good, but listen to the improv we'll talk about it for a second then we'll talk about the next song which i think is is really what we're meant to talk about on this show there paraphrasing i'm paralyzed i'm not afraid of dying because i've got time i don't know really what he's saying it it, the way that he's starting the each lyric kind of sounds the same way that he sings on around the bend did you guys notice Mm -hmm. that just sort of like i am paralyzed something along those lines i and again, I
3: didn't pay attention to that, but I can definitely see how you would get that for sure. Yeah, I don't know.
0: It, it, did you guys like it? I, it, I
3: literally, in my notes, because I took them on my phone, I just put the shrug emoji. Yeah, <laughs> that's it. That's a mess, that's
2: awesome. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, yeah, so that clicking time clock guitar thing. That was weird. I I wanted to drive my car off of the (laughs) nearest cliff, but I couldn't because at the same time it paralyzed me, like the lyrics. It was like a hypnosis thing going on. My brain hurt after. I I didn't like it. I did not like it. This one hurt hurt me.
0: We've talked about this song before, uh, and we've talked about kind of our... You know, take it or leave it attitude with it, but this was a take it version. Um, this is take it all, take all my money. Give me the give me the fry meme, the Philip J. Fry meme. Take yeah, here's my money. Yes. Here's habit. So what was it about the past habits that really, that we didn't like? Let's just kind of backtrack on that.
2: It's still here for me, to be honest. You don't like it here. Well, okay, so here's what's happening.
0: This was your pick in the power rankings this week.
2: I know, I was really excited to get to it, because I've just been waiting for this one to really jump out at me in a good way, and, and I thought I was there, because it was always something that didn't translate well with this live. This one from the start feels really good. And I'm saying to myself, Oh man, this is this is a good habit. This is this is where I am changed into a habit fan live. But then it gets to that pre chorus and it still sounds so weird.
0: I thought this was as good of a version as you'll get on this. I think. I you know, I think sometimes uh, this can get a little too too fast for them, and they can get a little out of control. And I think that they collectively get sloppy with it. Um, yeah, I think... yeah. I feel like
2: that's how it is with that pre-chorus. I feel like they they're missing something. I feel like it's empty there, and I feel like it's almost like they struggle through it. Uh, I don't. Mm. I I really can't put my finger on it. It's just, I really want to like this live. I really want to like this live because I really like the song. And there's always something that totally throws it off for me. And
0: I've I've turned a corner. I, I this version is is putting it at an uptick, and uh, I really liked it.
3: Same, like I said, well, the- if it's if it's on no code or yield, I'm happy to have it.
0: And I think the no code songs, especially in this day and age, if you get more than one no code. At a show, you, it's you treasure that moment because you feel like mm-hmm. you can never that get that again. And if you get more than one by gnarly song at a show, then you might you might as well not go to any more shows because you're just <laughs> not going to expect that anymore. Um, but yeah, the, I've only heard Habit live once, and I thought it was uh, I thought they were just trying a little too hard with it, and. I, this this was a really good version this has sort of turned my opinion around on it and hopefully the next version that we can hear can uh can keep up on that
2: uh, tr- trust me and and i'm i'm in the boat where i'm still actively looking for that performance that i like the whole thing and i i'm confident we'll get it i'm very confident i'm just a little just disappointed it trying. hasn't come yet
0: yeah keep on trying <laughs> Uh, here's a version I didn't really like. I didn't really like this version of Break or Fall. Um, this is End of Set. Uh, I know they played in Green, Greensboro, which we covered. Uh, it was to close an encore. Um, and it felt like it, it belonged there. Break or Fall here? I don't know. I, I could have taken break or fall before rear view mirror, but not before insignificance. I thought this was the one spot in the set that was kind of a, a poor choice of, uh, of placement. And I thought the song felt sloppy too. I think it, Matt was kind of uncoordinated a little bit and it just didn't sound, uh, like I wanted it to sound. It didn't sound like the magic was there.
3: Yeah. I just wrote meh. Just meh. I'm not a huge Breaker Fall fan, so I love
0: Break or Fall and that's that's probably why I'm a little uh critical. more cri- yeah, more critical on it uh, cuz I want to hear it played the same way that it's played on the album, but just this this version didn't hit. It's got all. such a
2: cool sound on the album. Right. It's the, the recording think- of it sounds so so unique and so cool, which is tough to, to especially the vocals live, you know, it's tough to get
3: yeah. I can see that.
0: I'm trying yeah. I'm trying to think of a good way to to sort of compare the way it sounds on the album to the way it sounds live. Uh but I can't and I'm not no, gonna spend I'm not gonna waste my time thinking about it.
2: Yeah, it's that's a tough comparison to make. Um I'm, I'm I'm right there with you. I, I don't really know where to start with it, but it there's something there. I just wrote I wrote that that it was fun and fast, but it wasn't Perfect, yeah. I I still enjoyed it, and I adore this spot. I thought I thought this spot was great.
0: See, yeah, I didn't I didn't agree with that. I th- I th- I think that going in from this into insignificance, sort of. I don't well, know. I, I I feel like I want to sting after Breaker Fall. I feel like it's time to to put an ending on it. You know.
2: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I I hate insignificance here. Yeah. Oh, uh, uh, that dude. That intro is better for uh, like a two spot. It's, it's so out of place.
0: Better, better for like a post even flow, but not this l- look. I've, I think we've heard it this late in a set yeah. before and it sounded fine, but I just, I just think after or fall, the two songs are kind of in a way, polar opposites. Uh, they don't have the same kind of tempo. They don't have the same kind of attitude or energy. So Putting them next to each other in a set where, man, it's just it's got so much energy, it's got so much emotion to it. Uh, I, I feel like insignificance here was just not. It was played well, but
2: I don't think they have any business being next to each other in a set. No, and, they and don't. Especially late in the set, breaker fall. I love it late in the set. But if you if you not, wanted to not swap not together not if together. you
0: wanted to swap them if you wanted to do habit insignificance Break or fall river mirror I would have been totally fine with
2: it it wouldn't be my favorite but I think it would have helped
3: well Matt where would you rather put it
2: insignificance yeah it just has that 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 guitar part that it needs to either be super early like two or three or maybe like what Randy said, like maybe right after even flow, like kind of like what a red mosquito would do. Mm. I could go with either of those, but yeah, second to last on a first set. It, uh, it, it sticks out for me like a sore thumb.
0: Any, uh, any other thoughts on insignificance? Again, we, we said it was kind of played well, but, um, just not the spot for it. Uh, it's a good live track and it's fast. It's, it's loud enough. And I always thought that, There's there's no worry of Eddie ever feeling winded on this song, and that's why this it's it's a safety pick wherever it goes. It's a safety Mm -hmm. it's a safety pick. Rearview mirror ends the first uh, set here. We've been on a pretty awesome run with bridges lately. Uh, This one wasn't a long bridge. wasn't here for a long time. It was here for a good time. Uh, This is where okay. We talked about this earlier that we thought we sounded uh, heard a sound of an organ. This is where I thought I heard the organ. Mm. It sounds like it, it could have been a guitar, unless it wasn't, but I don't know. Uh, mystery. I'm i flubber-gusted, and we have yeah, that, no video of it, so.
3: that's uh, This is actually the song that I wrote that that portion of the song was interesting. So maybe that's where I heard something like you guys are hearing, um, um, an instrument that hasn't been there, you know.
0: Yeah. We've been on a lot of good runs of bridges in the song lately and uh, I think this was another good one. So, uh take a listen. <laughs> core time after looking through the, the mirror so clear uh, Ed said he was walking around earlier and he saw looks on people's faces and said how fortunate the band was to have people come here hear their music on a Wednesday night so he toasted the Floridians and this is Ed definitely uh, speaking from the heart speaking emotionally and uh, and just still feeling, you know, the the after effects from from everything that that had gone on, and and I think um, you know he he's taking the little things in, and, and he's appreciating that people are just uh, happy and enjoying being at a show, and mm-hmm. uh, you know that's there are little victories that that seem to come up during this this time for for everybody individually, because I'm sure can't. Can't fathom how difficult it would have been. So,
3: you know, when um, he talks like that, it almost makes it sound like he was concerned that people would like stop caring about them after that. The way that he talks sometimes, particularly in that moment, because I remember him talking about him toasting to the Floridians and like being surprised that people would come see them. And I'm like, maybe he feels like they were part of something so tragic that nobody would want to associate with them anymore, or something.
0: The, he probably takes a lot of blame. The whole band probably, personally, each individual member probably takes a lot of blame for what happened. And, um, and you know, it, again, the images probably run through your mind a lot. And you probably think to yourself, well, the, the sense around the world is that this band was part of the death of nine individuals. And nobody wants to have any sort of connection to that because it's such a, you know, and there was no, this was no, you know, this was a complete accident. This was not, this was not an attack of any sort. This was, this was a complete accident and it was out of everybody's control. And, but because of that, it prop, they probably, take it even worse because it, it, uh, again, you know, it's I I couldn't I couldn't put myself in that situation because it's a situation you, you know, you and in clear heads, you you don't want to think about things like this. Uh, Mm -hmm. But I I can just see them taking a lot of blame for it and thinking that they were responsible for things that were very weighing very heavily on them and i and i'm 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 happy that the band saw past that and they were able to move on and like you said before and change because of that and and have a new perspective on things and and you want to say that now you know i think the band's whole Uh, motif the last 10 years or so is that life is very precious and that's Mm. sort of the way that the band has written songs has been that you have to treat life as precious as possible you have to treat the people that you live around with uh, as if you're not going to see them again tomorrow and I wonder how influential this whole time period is in this way of thinking Um, but they go from that little speech into State of Love and Trust, and, uh, it's got my head bobbing, and it's a good way to to get the crowd ready for the second half of this set, which is, it's it's not, it's not very long here, but, um, in this, these two encores, it's only seven songs, which feels a little short, but it's quite alright, it sounds pretty good, everything was good. Um, uh, Mike was really killing it on, on State, so... But that was that was the extent of what I had. I just thought it was a good performance.
3: Yeah, me too. I thought it. I thought it was excellent.
0: You covered S- "State of Love and Trust" recently, so we
3: did. Yes, that's one of Kate's to, favorites.
0: Yeah. Do you want to? You want to talk about it a little bit? Sure. Just-
3: um, what got us onto that was out of the so "Singles" is one of my favorite movies, so I listen to that soundtrack all the time anyway. But when I asked her to come onto the show. My father's son had already been picked, um, and then things kind of transitioned between Michael and Zach and her. So I said, okay, well, first episode, I want I want you. Whatever you want to cover, we're going to cover it. And she's like, I want to do State of Love and Trust. And I'm like, interesting, interesting, okay. She goes, actually, let's do a combo. and Let's do State of Love and Trust and Breath at the same time. And I'm like, okay, well, I prefer Breath over State of Love and Trust, so that's fine with me, even though I love both of them. And so yeah, we just kind of talked about the parallels of uh, of the songs together, and the parallels of the songs within the movie because Cameron Crowe placed these songs brilliantly in the in the film, um, and they very accurately represented what was going on with certain characters at the time that it was played. Um, and yeah, we loved it. Yeah, Kate, that's like in her top five Pearl Jam songs. She absolutely adores that song. Now, so.
0: What I when I, I really I don't think I thought I thought about it a whole lot, um, but when I was listening to your episode, uh, they really do go together quite nicely because mm-hmm. state of love and trust is really I think you guys mentioned it's it's kind of it's about suicide, it's about you know um, uh, somebody going through that you know phase or that idea through their head, um, and then breath is sort of the Opposite, the exact opposite. Yeah. And I wonder if it's. I think we've we've talked about this before. The the characters of the two songs, similar characters going through two different phases of their lives, and breath just being the aftermath of seeing things through a different lens uh, in state of love and trust.
3: Yeah. Well, so- and in the film, I mean, they're two separate characters, but they're both connected through a lot of ways and in the film where State of Love and Trust is placed and where Breath is placed, it it literally represents the songs perfectly. You know, with State of Love and Trust, it's in a part where one of the female characters finds out this horrible thing and she feels like she's, like, hit rock bottom. And then Breath is placed in a time where... Another female character is kind of coming to a self-realization where she doesn't feel like she has to do things for other people and she can explore the world on her own and be her own person. And so I really feel and that's totally on Cameron Crowe, the way that he plays those, because um, I don't really know if people just watching the film casually would have noticed that. But being a Pearl Jam fan and also being a big fan of that movie, it really does. I mean, they 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 are they go hand in hand both separately outside of the film and especially within the film itself, so. It had been
0: a long time since I've, I'd seen Singles, and I think the last time, uh, I'll, I'll throw everybody for a loop here, uh, the last time I saw Singles was on Netflix. However, it was when Netflix was a DVD subscription.
3: <laughs> yes. <Yeah. So. laughs> that is a movie that I frequent a lot. I watch that movie a lot.
0: Uh... State of Love and Trust goes into Do the Evolution. Um, it just felt like there was a slum- uh, stumble somewhere. Uh, it just wasn't their best effort on it. wasn't my favorite version in a song where usually you could do no wrong, but you sort of just a little stumble. That was it.
3: Yeah, I just put Glad to Have It. It's I mean, I, I love that song, but it, nothing really stuck out in that performance for me necessarily. So Yeah,
0: yeah, it, yeah. It, it, run of the mill. I actually liked evolution going into Better Man because I think it wasn't expected. Um, I don't, I don't know if I've ever heard the two songs back to back before. It, again, caught me off guard even if I knew what was coming. Um, you got two monster songs, uh, you know, two of their popular ones that they play just about every night, and they're usually spread out a little bit, um, but back to back, I, I dug it. I dug it. I dug the change of pace, especially evolution. You usually kind of you capitalize off of with um, something a little faster or something that, uh, you know, maybe uh, stays the same same kind of pace or kind of plays off of it. But Better Man sort of switch flip the switch here. Mm -hmm. And I kind of enjoyed how they did that. What would you what you guys like about this version of Better Man?
3: Yeah, I said that Eddie sounded angelic. Swoon.
2: I liked everything about it. It's another short, yeah. sweet version. It's not.
0: There's no it, save it for later it's at the end.
2: Just it's just better, man. I li-
0: yeah, I, I like this one. It's simple and smooth. that I think I feel like we've said it before, where it felt empty. But it, maybe that performance, whatever performance we were talking about, felt empty. Uh, but. You know, this is is a typical spot in an encore, and it's in a sing-along spot. The one thing is, I really couldn't hear the fans on this recording. Mm -hmm. And I'm wondering if the fans had better participation than they did, especially with the next song. Yeah. couldn't really hear it at all.
2: I'm going to assume that it was probably just fine, and they mixed the bootleg down to sound more like uh, studio quality.
0: Right, but this is also this is their first foray into um, putting out bootlegs for every this is 2000 yeah. was the first time they did it. So yeah, uh, that brings us an elderly woman. Uh, that was really my only comment on it was that you really couldn't hear the crowd where you could usually hear the crowd, um, you know, singing the parts that are obviously the sing along parts. Um, and then I don't know. It was a good overall performance, and I, I think it was just lacking uh, the participation. That, that was that was really all I had on it.
3: Yeah, I mean, it's it's elderly woman, you know.
0: Did did we instill that into your mind? <laughs> Have we? I feel like no.
3: I, I <laughs> feel <laughs> like you said
0: that in your episode, and you now know, I feel bad.
3: No, it's it's not that it. I saw Eddie play this. And that was the first... I had been into Pearl Jam for probably, like, three months when I saw Eddie Vedder live. So, it was all very potent for me. And I I loved that he played this, but I also, at the same time, feel like this is the song that everybody knows about Pearl Jam. It's like Jeremy. It kind of goes hand-in-hand with, like, you may not know anything about Pearl Jam, but you know Jeremy and you know Elderly Woman Behind the Counter. And so Really? I feel like it. Every time that I've had a discussion with someone in the store that doesn't, isn't a huge Pearl Jam fan, like, this is a is song that they bring up. So um, I almost feel like it's gotten to where, like, it's like the surfacy thing to know this song. Maybe yes. that's just me, you know? But I think
0: it's for people that, like, I guess if you're in the demographic of, when you were a teen at the time and had verses at the time, or at least heard verses in other people's cars. And this one stuck out to you, but for, you know, generic Joe music guy, um, Jeremy is obviously one of them, but last kiss is the other.
1: Yeah, I can see that.
0: Yeah. I just get, I get a lot of people saying, Oh, love last kiss. It's such a good song. And when, um, I don't know if Matt, if you, if you remember this, but like a year or two ago, they revealed uh, Tom Brady's uh, playlist before the Super Bowl and what oh. bands he had on. And it was like Jay Z and uh, something else, and Pearl Jam was on it. So everybody on the boards was like, oh, yeah, he loves Last Kiss. Tom Brady loves Last Kiss and Jeremy.
2: I hate that stupid son of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Uh, as do I, as do I. (laughs)
2: That got, that escalated really fast. (laughs) Sorry. It's
0: okay. Either you're, I mean, you have an opinion on him, either you're for or against the guy, you know? And I I don't, I don't, I don't think, uh, his owner, I don't think we're allowed to mention him on the podcast either. I think he's, uh, he's taboo at this
2: point. He goes, he loves those, uh. Happy ending, rub and, rub and tug places. <laughs>
3: what is going on? <laughs>
2: we
0: went into sports
2: again. I didn't want to say it. We got, we got to we got reel it in here. Reel it in. Reel it in.
0: Uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, the, the kind the kind of woman that Robert Kraft should be going for is an elderly woman behind the counter, but he chose differently, and uh, he is, is paying dividends. He won't pay too many dividends because, you know, he's a rich white guy in America who is uh, – you know, friends with uh, people who he should be friends with. Uh, so, you know, put it that I don't know how to get through that without uh, without saying all that because Brady. <laughs> Kraft, I I feel like I had to mention Kraft because we mentioned Michael Jackson, we mentioned R. Kelly, so it just goes back to our mentioning shitty people in the news. <laughs> so
2: you're just going to burn this episode.
0: Yeah, I think so. Uh. All right, this is uh, ending the encore with Go, and you go from their softest song on verses to the loudest song that blows you away. Uh, It's just another really fast version. Heaviness and craziness towards the end. There's a Mm -hmm. lot of extra stuff going on there. I don't don't even know really how to explain that part.
3: Yeah, I agree. I heard that too. I love this song.
0: Yeah, it's just a lot of noise at the end, just kind of like just them. It's like they're about to start going into a jam, but they're 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 kind of holding it and they're trying to get more out of it. I, I'm not I'm not too sure.
2: I this, this was song. a weird one. I thought this was one of the uh, uh, less uh, tight songs of the whole night. I thought this one was a lot looser and more free and and fun like you could tell they're really into it uh and but it strangely it strangely worked and i normally talk about like say jack irons playing on this song and it's so tight and punchy and this wasn't quite that but Mm. it was still really good
0: i yeah i I just i love when go ends a set i think it just uh yeah definitely gets you hyped up for what's coming next and uh you know especially especially that crowd has to be just roaring at this part. They're they're walking off stage and you're like, shit, we want more, shit, we want more. Uh, that's your last Pearl Jam song of the night, uh, and they're gonna come back on after the encore. They're gonna do two more, and you know we have to mention during this era uh, because of Ross uh no alive. Uh, they they got rid of alive for this tour, um, so. You kind of looking back in hindsight and you sort of think, you know, like we did with the last episode we did in 2000, Smile was the closer, which we gushed over and, and loved. And, you know, things become a little bit more unpredictable in that sense. Uh, here it's like, I don't know, it's semi unpredictable, but it's not, it's not exciting. It's not, you know, it, it's leaving here and rocking in the free world. It, it, was, it was fine.
3: Yeah, that's how I felt too.
2: One song I despise and one song I've heard a million times. So yeah, nothing, uh, nothing crazy.
0: We can't, we can't like get really deep into rocking in the free world and like have this meaningful conversation about this song that isn't even theirs that, you know, unless like, unless somebody's running out onto Wrigley Field and, and stealing home plate, uh, you you really don't have too much on it like it's it sounds good and it's energetic and and the people like it like what else what else do you want?
2: Sometimes there are certain shows you go to and "Rocket in the Free World" is exactly the song you didn't know you wanted when they played it at the end and it and mm.
0: it it
1: it, very it could send
2: you out on a huge high note and you could say I didn't think I was gonna enjoy that tonight but you know what it really worked for the night it worked for the set. And uh, I, I do feel that way about this one because this was a really super tight set. It was a rockin' set. So play rockin' at the end. Why not just tie it all together? It's, rockin yeah, Rockin' and rockin'. And rockin'. Yeah. Uh, he, they st- they still can't get through leaving here without fucking something up. He just can't. He can never get the lyrics right <laughs> 100%. He always flubs something. This was like almost immediately. I think it was like the in the first or second verse he, he came in and, and screwed up the words.
3: Yeah, I don't really have an opinion on leaving here i think i did put down though is that the only like non aside from rockin is that the only non studio album song they did wasn't leaving here on lost dogs
0: uh yeah leaving here was definitely on lost dogs um i don't think they did another cover this night no
3: yeah that's something that i wrote down yeah is that that was the only lost dog track that i saw
0: Uh, all right, we've reached the end, so, uh, let's, let's find out what everybody thought about it. Uh, how would you rate it, Jesse?
3: Ooh, um, what's my scale?
0: Uh, out of ten.
3: Oh, okay. Um, I'd probably give it, like, like a seven out of ten.
0: Okay. I, I, I figured, I figured you would have went higher. You're, 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 hmm, I, I'm, I'm.
3: Well, I, I, I always I tend to PC undergrade 50. everything. <laughs> that's so okay. exactly
2: what I do as well.
3: I mean, to me, if I'm going to give something a ten out of ten, every single song on the set is going to be something that I absolutely freaking adore. Well, and, you're you're on the same
0: page as us. We, yeah, that's this is that that every time we get to this part, and I we both have to say like it's a nine, but it, you know. If we were there, it could have been a ten. Or if it were this, it could have been a ten. Like Correct. I, we will not give tens unless a ten is slapping us in the face. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So, I, I totally get where you're coming from. I'm, 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 I'm just surprised that 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 uh, that you gave it a seven. I just am surprised. I don't
3: know. I'm full of surprises, Randy. I can't see. <laughs> Matt,
0: higher or lower?
2: Uh, I'm gonna go actually higher. I'm gonna do seven and a half. And uh, I was going to give it a one because they do leaving here. No, no. And Oceans, <laughs> Oceans dropped it down to a one for me. No, that's sad. It's uh, extremely tight. It's an extremely good show. And it seems like it was a lot of fun. But at the same time, there's you know there's nothing like absolutely blowing me away. But everything's good that's here. So I feel like seven and a half is, is a good uh, compromise for that.
0: That's fair. Uh, You know, at points, I thought I liked this week's show better than last week's show, and then I thought I liked last week's show better than this week's show, and I gave last week's show a 7.5, but I really originally wanted to give this one an 8, and uh, I'm totally stuck. Uh, I liked it. You're right. It doesn't have that um, extra thing that pushes it over the edge like some shows do, like that oh, my God, they did this. Uh, But also, it doesn't come from an era where you get a lot of, oh, my God, they did this. Uh, Mm -hmm. Because during this time, uh, those kind of songs were completely held off. Uh, Deep, Why Go, Glorified G. uh, There are two other that I'm thinking of, Rats and Leash. uh, And then even two years before that, Breath. uh, Those songs were not played until either 2003 or 2006 so at this time those would be the songs that you would kind of come out of one of these shows like wow they haven't played deep in forever they haven't played rats in forever that was legendary Uh, it didn't have a legendary moment but it was a damn fine bootleg to listen to Uh, so I'm going to split my difference and give it a 7.75
2: oh gosh
0: (laughs) cuz why the hell not There you go All right, we get to the time in the show right now where uh we test the knowledge of our Pearl Jam guest. Uh we All right, should we should we call Okay, we 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 haven't officially come up with a name for the show. I really want to 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 get like a soundbite in here and like make this like a special event cuz we've been doing this <laughs> every time we've had a guest. I I think Calling this like, unthought knowns or something like that. Un. That's cute. Yeah. Yeah, unthoughts. Knowns, like knowns, unthought. Something like that. Does that make sense? Do it. All right. For today, we'll we'll call it we'll call it un unthought knowns or something. I don't. We'll just we'll just play a game.
3: Uh, <laughs> so.
2: So we're right back to where we started. We're just yeah, pretty, we're, pretty
3: much. This is a game. <laughs> this is yeah. an unnamed game. Yep. Uh,
0: we're going to put a minute on the clock and we're going to test you with some Pearl Jam knowledge. This one is a little bit different than we've done in the past because in the past we've done ones that, uh, you know, just name a bunch of these and try to name as many. Pearl Jam songs with this or try to name as many live venues with this, whatever it was. Uh, But this one is kind of like the game heads up where you get a category. I have it, you know, and and I try to give you the clue and you try to guess the clue. So the clue is a little different here. We are going with first lines from Pearl Jam songs.
3: Oh gosh.
0: Whoa. I I have a list of 124 of them right here and I'm just going to pick them at random. And I'm going to pick some easy ones and I'm going to pick some tough ones. I'm kind of going to, I'm going to go in, uh, I'm going to go in random order here. I'll start off. A so little you're, you're then...
3: reading the line and I have to guess a song.
0: Yep, And I'm not okay. going to sing it. I'm going to read it. Oh so God. Be William listen,
3: everybody listening to this, please don't not listen to my podcast because <laughs> I am so bad at these type of things. I freeze up big time. <laughs> I think
2: if anyone listening to this listens to your podcast knows how passionate you are, and they're not going to fault <laughs> you at all. You keep track of what she gets right. I got my stopwatch all ready to go.
3: God, I'm so nervous.
0: And oh, you can take a minute. You can say pass if you don't know it. Say pass. Okay. I would, I would, I would, I would uh, suggest that if you don't know it right away, if you can't like think of it in two or three seconds, just pass, and we'll just go on sure. to the next one to get you some uh, some that are right.
3: Okay. Alright, I'm so nervous. Okay go.
0: Matt, you give <laughs> us a three, two, one go.
2: Okay, ready. Three, mm-hmm. two, one, go.
0: I took a drive today.
3: Oh my gosh, Rivermere.
0: Yep. Don't need a helmet, got a hard, hard head.
3: Oh my gosh. Literally my brain. I don't know, Paz. Uh
0: all the thoughts you never see. You're always thinking.
3: I don't know.
0: Oh, Paz. See this needle. See my hand.
3: Spin the black Genius. circle.
0: Yeah. Uh, have a drink. They're buying. Oh
3: God. Path.
0: Hold on to the thread. I give you another easy one.
3: Oceans. Uh,
0: I'll give you another easy one here. Sheets of em- empty canvas. A black. Um, sorry is the fool who trades his soul for a Corvette.
3: Oh my gosh. I know this. Crap. Pass.
0: Uh, Noah man. His his face seems pulled and tense.
3: I don't know, pass.
0: Stop. Do you see you guys, that I way? The way that tree bends. Oh, we'll, we'll let her answer that. Hold last on, say one. that
3: one more time. You broke up.
0: Do you see the way that tree bends?
3: I know this. I don't know this. Does it Pressure. <sighs> pass.
2: That was a hard one, Randy.
0: Yeah, I don't like. I, th- I don't
2: like that one at all.
0: I think you got four or five. I can't remember because I was so. I was trying to look for ones uh, that, you yeah, know, I was trying to help you out by giving you really easy ones. But yeah, that, that one was tough. Um, I'm trying to go back. Okay. Listen, so. you
3: could ask me to say the ABCs in 20 seconds and I would probably freeze up.
0: So.
2: <laughs> I think that one would have, would have, uh, would have knocked out a lot of, a lot of people for sure.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, I gave you don't need a helmet got a hard hard head. That was whipping. Yes. Oh god. All the thoughts you never see you're always thinking. Unthought known. That's like I new- <laughs> seriously was going
3: to say that. But I was second guessing myself. Never
0: say always could the first thing that comes to your mind.
3: But I'm not that kind of person.
0: Uh, but that's that that's what makes this game so much what fun to listen to. What was the last one? Uh that was present tense. Okay um then i gave you what else i give you uh sorry is the fool who trades his soul for a corvette soon forget okay um a man his face seems pulled and tense. that's off he goes
3: well so much for uh being in the program community everybody it's been great no you're, st- <laughs> you're still part you're still part
0: no that's we didn't we didn't mean to uh It was. It wasn't. It was. It was meant for all good fun. Oh no,
3: I know you are
0: not any less in the Pearl Jam community. Hell, you're probably (laughs) even more.
3: No, I don't.
0: Anybody that can go through this and uh, and get a couple of right, I think will uh, will be would be happy. So I, of course, kudos to you for going through
3: it. The ten songs that you gave me, I got all right. So see, now I just look like I'm just a fan of ten. So. But you proved Whatever. that you're not. Huh? You picked a, you picked a binaural error show and you proved that you weren't.
0: I know. I know. I think we had fun today, guys. I think... Uh, I had lots of fun. Yeah. We we talked. We had a lot of good conversations. We talked a lot about the music that we enjoy. And um,
3: we can do it again
0: soon, right?
3: Yeah. I think I should have Kate on next time.
0: Both of you guys?
3: Or just Kate. Ooh, Both yeah. or just Kate. Whichever one. I have
0: never talked to Kate Cotton.
3: Kate Cotton is awesome. I
0: I I get that vibe from listening to her on on all the shows that she's been on, but uh she, she she's she's never fangirled our show. She's fangirled Single Podcast Theory. So
3: Yes, she She's not. Emailed she, us. Well, she's actually like surprisingly enough, she's not really a podcast listener at all. Oh. So it takes her like a week to get through one episode of uh, Single Podcast Theory. Okay. So Okay. She she's been telling me because we've been talking about me being on the show and she's like, I've got to start listening to them. I've got to start listening to them. And she just <laughs> she would love to be on the show, though. She would absolutely adore being on the show.
2: I think uh, Kate and I should start a Red Hot Chili
0: Pepper podcast.
3: Yes, she loves Red Hot Chili Peppers.
0: Then she she would be on more podcasts than, than listen to.
3: Yes, she would be. <laughs>
0: Anyway, we don't want to take any more time. Uh, We thank you so much for coming on the show. Oh, of course. Thank you. Please listen to the Porch Podcast. They're doing such a good job over there.
2: I was just going to say, before we do let you go, plug your show and plug your store, please.
3: Okay. Well, uh, I am one of two hosts for the uh, podcast, The Porch Podcast. So it's me and my friend Kate Cotton. And we basically, every episode, we break down one song from the Pearl Jam songbook. We talk about how it sounds, the lyrics, the uh, kind of data and information that you want to know about it. Um, And then we just talk about whether we like it or whether we don't, what we think about it and et cetera, et cetera. Um, We release new episodes every Thursday. Uh, so, yeah, go find us on Spotify, iTunes, SoundCloud, YouTube, wherever you like to listen, go find us there. Um, and then my store, it's called Jesse Carl Vinyl. It's in Lakeland, Florida. That's where I live. And uh, it's a record store. So there's used and new records. There's CDs. There's cassette tapes. I have uh, electronics there, used and new. I have um, all sorts of fun things. I just started carrying books related to music. So that's Ooh. really cool. Um so yeah, just kind of a menagerie of music things there, um, and I'm open eleven to six Tuesday through Friday and nine to five on Saturdays. So come on out, y'all.
0: I awesome. uh, I I made you a semi promise that I didn't keep that I was gonna come to your store and I. Didn't oh, that's all, right. and, that's all right. That's uh, all right. Next, next time. time I'm down there. Next time I'm down there, I will go. Uh, again, uh, Jesse, thank you for coming on. Everybody out there, go listen to the porch and. Uh, We'll find another show, maybe another Florida show, maybe somewhere else, but we'll do this again very soon.
3: Great. Thanks for having me, guys. Appreciate it.
0: With you and Kate Cotton, or with Kate Cotton. Yes. If she starts listening, who knows? (laughs) We'll we'll figure something out. Sounds great. All right. We'll see you next time.
3: Okay. Bye-bye.
0: Live on Four Legs is happy to present a weekly podcast dedicated to the Pearl Jam Live experience. While we try to get ourselves to as many shows as possible, we have only attended a small fraction compared to the entire live history. That's why we need your help. We want to get to know who you are. If there's a live show that you've attended that you'd like to see us cover in our program, please send us an email at liveonfourlegs, that's the number four, four liveonfourlegspodcast at gmail.com. We want to know your entire live experience. Did you once miss a flight? Get lucky in the Ten Club Lottery? Catch a white whale? Your stories will help us mold this into the best podcast it could possibly be. You're already getting to know who we are. Now it's time for us to know. Who you are? Like I just said, if there's a show that you've uh, been to before and you uh, want us to cover it at some point, want us to talk about at some point, um, give us a give us a holler. We're out on social media. We're out on uh, on Gmail. Give us a holler. We're really easy to get in touch with. Uh, even even if you don't have a show or don't have a story, uh, I feel like might be intimidating sometimes be like tell us your story rah rah rah, rah. uh <laughs> give and, us
2: all the details what yes, shoes were you wearing
0: all the all the candy in the mountain um <laughs> what was your like, seat number and i get it probably at this point after the show is over you're probably just like okay i, I can stop it now and uh, i would love to see the percentage of people that are still listening after we uh Finish talking about the actual set list. But Does that
2: mean at this point we could say whatever we want?
0: We could say whatever we want. Michael Jackson and Robert <laughs> Kraft and uh, R. <laughs> R. Kelly. Oh, yeah, all of them. Jussie Smollett, whatever his name is. Yeah, all those guys.
2: We are terrible. We do not condone <laughs> anything.
0: No, none of this. Um, anyway, yeah, just, you know reach out to us if, if you've been listening to the show and uh you've been liking what you're hearing reach out to us let us know what you think uh you can do that by sending an email to us on gmail at live on podcast or commenting on uh any of our multiple uh facebook posts that we post throughout the week we, we like to be interactive so if you're not following us on uh on facebook or instagram or twitter uh i and you like what we're doing i suggest definitely get into that and uh we have lots of good things, like the March Madness tournament that's going on right now. That's uh, that's been a lot of fun. Voting on the best live performance uh, of all time. Uh, Sixty-four songs were that was a lot to put together, but but we got through it. We did it. So um, hope you guys are enjoying that, and that'll run through the end of the month, and uh, and more to do on that. And yeah, let's, you know, um, just let us know what you like. Let us know what you don't like. If the show's too long for you, you know, we're, we're, we're easy, we're open, and we're looking for suggestions always. So, uh, yeah. Uh, and for this coming week, um, we are going to continue part three of our uh, MSG uh, yearly run, run through the all the MSG shows series uh, with Live at the Garden. So quite a, that should quite be a, a lot of fun. One. Yeah. yeah. Um, maybe we'll do something fun for that. Maybe we'll do something a little different. We haven't decided yet. We've talked about it. It's going to be tough to coordinate it. I, you know, um, maybe, maybe if we mention it now and we get a lot of uh, – and you guys can email us and let us know whether or not you want to do this with us. And if you do want to do it, then – we'll do it if we get enough people that are interested in it. We were thinking about watching the DVDs at the same time. It would have to go on at the same time and do like a watch along. So we wouldn't have, uh, you know, anybody that had the DVD or I think most of it is available online. Everybody just watch it at the same time and we'll we'll cover it as we go instead of uh, the usual just, you know, us – going song by song. We'll go song by song by listening to song by song. It'll be the first time we do that. Yeah. And, uh, if, you know, if all works out, Matt, you need to find your DVD. I need to find my DVD. I know I have (laughs) it somewhere.
2: It's, it's it's in my attic somewhere.
0: Or else none of that happens. (laughs) Uh, but we, you know, it's a cool opportunity to do something kind of interactive. So hopefully, uh, Hopefully that's something that that, uh, that can take place. And um, anything else? Any other, uh, you know, rate us on iTunes. If you're on iTunes, rate us on iTunes. I don't know if Spotify has ratings, but if you're on Spotify, rate us on Spotify too. Leave us a comment. Let us know what you think. Uh, Patreon, uh, always happy to have new patrons. Uh, we have exclusive two exclusive episodes up and we're – uh, setting up for another one pretty soon uh, Once Record Store Day comes around So uh, we'll get that out there And uh, you know, donate what you can Support what you can to the podcast And it all comes back into doing more things for you guys And doing more things for, for the show um, So not only that But with an exclusive Patreon membership You also get an opportunity to come on a show Like Jesse did today um, she just got on a chance to come on the show because she's part of the podcast community. But, uh, um,
2: we've, we've been big into the worlds colliding lately,
0: yeah, yeah, got on it's, that it's... Power
2: Man 5000 kit. <laughs> <laughs>
0: um, but yeah, we, uh, you know, we're we want to hear more stories, we want to hear you guys kind of uh, talk to us about it too. So, if that's something that you're really interested in doing. And maybe even if you're, you know, if if you if you're not budgeted to to donate to Patreon, if you can help out in any other way, uh, donating bootlegs, donating this and that, um, we're happy to have you on, uh, just to get a new voice on as well. Um, so, yeah, that's that's all our stuff. Go um,
2: Do- donate a a can of food to the homeless, and we'll have you on. Sure. Why not?
0: all right i think we can end it here uh thank you for tuning in once again this may be the end we're here but not for much longer and although we may be parting ways i miss you already and i miss you always i suppose matt does too but um you know that uh song is in the first person so that's how i'll sing it
2: (laughs) i agree i'm with you
0: yeah uh until next week live at the garden dvd that's the first night 2003 lots and lots to talk about. You want a long show. That's going to be a long episode. So uh stay tuned for that next week and we shall see you next time. Bye.
2: Jesse